and welcome to Portraits of Clongos, a podcast series that takes you on a journey into the lives of former pupils of Clongos Wood College. My name is Rossa McDermott, and in this podcast series, we will speak with alumni from Clongos to hear their first-hand accounts of the transformative impact this school has had on their lives. Today in Portraits of Clongos, we talk to John Ox trainer of thoroughbred horses. He's best known as trainer of Sindar and Sea of the Stars. John Knox, welcome to Portraits of Clongos. Your time in Clongos Wood College, how was it and what are your memories of it? Well, good memories of it. I was there from 1963 to 68, so that's uh, 60 years ago now this year, which is a dreadful thought. But uh, <laughs> yes, I, I have mainly good, good memories. Uh, I, you know, it was boarding school in the 60s. I mean, we all know that wasn't like school is today or wasn't, it isn't like boarding school is today even. But Were you the first in your family to go? No, I wasn't. Uh, My sister was a little older than me. She had been in boarding school. So I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't looking forward to going to boarding school at all. I was, uh, you know, quite a country lad, uh, a bit shy, and uh, I had (laughs) misgivings about going to it. But my sister, you know, didn't have any horror stories from from her time in in boarding school up to that point. And uh, I had a pal from primary school here in Kildare, Paul Burke, who was going as well. So so I had a, a companion. And um, so off I went and didn't know what to expect, but got through it all, all, all right. I think I got through the beginning. I've no, I've no bad memories of the first day, mm. so that's a positive anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't get off to a bad start. And um, all I remember from the first day is there was some fuss about collecting books. We had to go to a little hatch, and there was a all the bookstore was in behind the hatch, and yeah. got handed out whatever books it was, and then off we went. So I've no I've no bad memories about it to begin with, you know. Yeah. But but you know it was it was what it is. I mean, yeah, I was just thinking about about it, and I suppose you could start with the negative things about boarding school in the sixties. It was it we were definitely away from home because you know you, there were there was no let up we had no midterm breaks or anything so you had this three and a half months from september up to christmas you know it wasn't far off four months when you were just locked up and uh, you know i think i think everybody had the idea including your parents the parents of the day had the idea that boarding school was wasn't going to be nice that you'd have a <laughs> you'd have a period of a adjustment yeah but that it was but that it was good for you that it would harden you up <laughs> yeah um i don't think we we all agreed with this um theory, theory. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was definitely a theory <laughs> but i suppose most people not everybody for sure not nearly everybody but a lot of people uh, probably ended up going along with it and feeling that it did do them some good. And it certainly did me good. You didn't but, feel distant from home. I mean, you're from Kildare. You weren't really that far away, but it still felt kind of a, a distance for you. It did. It did. It was only 20 minutes, yeah. 20, 25 minutes. I mean, you know, you, you nearly you, you would have cycled it really yeah. if you were hard-pressed. <laughs> but, but, but it might as well have been a thousand miles away. Because Correct. That, that, it, you know, and you couldn't, and you couldn't phone, you couldn't phone home uh, until well, we were a bit older, maybe, maybe halfway through. I used to be able to phone home, but we had letter writing uh, after mass. I think it was on Sunday. Yes, we were yeah. 
given a bit of time, uh, you know, one of the things we had to bring with us uh, as part of our, our luggage was writing paper and envelopes <laughs> and uh, probably stamps too, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, we had to write home uh, every Sunday. So that was uh, our, our method of keeping in touch with the outside world, you know. And were you homesick or anything, John, that those early years or? Oh, I was, I yeah, was, yeah. Like most of us. Ah, yes, I was, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't take to it like a duck to water. The only thing that, the big thing that helped me and, you know, didn't, wasn't there for everybody, I was a bit sporty. Yeah. And uh, so I had the, 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 the outlet of, you know, the, the free time and the, the all the games. I could play a little bit of everything, so... I could turn my hand in some way to everything. So that was a great help. Uh, I always thought at the time and looking back on it that the, the non-sporty uh, boys would would have probably found it a bit more of a, a struggle that at least uh, if you enjoyed sports, you, you had that outlet and you had that bit of fun to look yeah. forward to. I don't uh, that that didn't really change look. over the years. I think it's always, that still remains a valid thing about sure. yeah because if you're outdoor type there's plenty to do if you're not it's maybe a slightly different way of looking at the place in hindsight you know I think so I think so um, and uh, I'd say you know, boys who didn't have that outdoor outlet I'd say they struggled a lot more with boarding school and didn't didn't like it um, but um, the others uh, you know, adapted I suppose as your the year year went on uh, I suppose by the time you got well through second year it was it was you know a bit better yeah and uh, by third third term was always more of a pleasure it was a short term and the weather was fine and the long e bright evenings you know it was it was it started to become a bit more fun mm. then but, but look we didn't look forward to going back and we didn't look forward to being there but uh, you know it was just like every other boarding school it wasn't any worse uh, than anywhere else at all um, um, and as time went by we all settled into it uh, as the years went by of course we lived in the time of corporal punishment yeah so that was always you know, an unpleasant <laughs> aspect of it and there was that a regime of enforcing discipline and all that, which was just the the way of the world at the time. Um, uh, so it wouldn't be the way it it would operate today. But you know, we 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 all adapted to it, and uh, I suppose most most people, and or, or certainly a lot of people, would would feel they they coped fine with it uh, as time went on. And when you look back to your own life and Revaluated some of the things you took away from the school. Are there any things that come to mind that helped you as tools or ways that you adopted in your way you lived your life? Well, yes. I mean, the, the whole thing of the discipline and the daily routine and and uh, all that was good. I mean, uh, you know, you don't, you don't. Yes, you have to look back on it because at the time you're when you're going through school, you're not thinking about yeah. you know what what good this is doing you or you know, you know <laughs> you're not you're, you're not you're not aware of what's <laughs> you're you're soaking up, you yeah. know. But but look, at I have good memories uh, of of. Clongos and my time there. Uh, my first memory really is that 
you know what a what a good group of people there were in in my year. There were I mean I have absolutely no recollection of anybody unpleasant in the year or anybody that drove us all mad. They were a decent bunch of guys, and of course I've lost touch with them. I mean from the time you finish up and leave after the leaving cert, most of them you never see them again. Yeah. Uh, and um, which is a pity, but. Uh, and would you year not have had regular reunions, or were they not a thing at the time? Yeah, well, we 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 had regular, reg- pretty regular uh, reunions. I wasn't at one until the twentieth for various reasons, but uh, they had one after ten years. But yes, there tends to be the same group of people that go to them, and they're they're the people that I've I've been able to you know keep in touch with. But they were a really nice bunch of guys, and they've done well uh, in general they've they've, they've made a, a little bit of an impact uh, in their way of life mm. and um, and I remember all the teachers and the, the priests and the scholastics and all that and they were they were you know we some very good teachers and uh, we had people who despite the regime uh, that they had to work under as well yeah. uh, you know it wasn't School school was a tough old regime, but it was probably looking back on it, it was tough enough for the the, the priests and the teachers and the scholastics as well. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't wasn't easy for them, uh, but um, I, I have I have good good memories of them. But what what did it do for you? Uh, I suppose you know you certainly grew up in secondary school in a boarding school, and um, you had to learn. I think I think the thing I remember. Now looking back on it, you had you know you'd all you had to live in close proximity with all these different people, mm. um, all sorts of people with different interests, different capabilities, and one thing and another. And uh, it teaches you a bit of diplomacy, uh, <laughs> which is yeah. so important in life. Uh, you 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 learn diplomatic skills. Yeah. Uh, certainly, if you're prepared you to survive. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, I think I think that's that's of course a very valuable skill in life yeah. afterwards that people probably don't don't think about, and it certainly helped me. And um, look at I, I think I think I I didn't grow up to disrespect the church or anything because yeah. I was in a you know I I I, I admired the, the Jesuits and and all that they stood for and uh, I had no uh, negative feelings at all I had positive feelings uh, mm. leaving I, I, it must have it must have been okay because the one one thing I do absolutely remember was the last day when I was leaving and of course everybody looks forward to the last day <laughs> in secondary school it's a big yeah. milestone when you're you know being released to the world and I remember my mother driving us driving me up the that lovely long uh, entrance avenue and yeah. uh, look back through the back window at the castle sort of disappearing <laughs> uh, in the distance yeah. and I said to myself you know I'm glad they sent me here uh, this place did me good it worked out for me maybe not for everyone but it worked out for me and I just, just remember being being grateful that I had been sent there <clears throat> so I suppose that must have been you know that 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 must have meant something. <laughs> I yeah, must have soaked in yeah. uh, something, but I think I just soaked in a bit of everything—a bit of a bit of the obviously the religious ethos. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Of course, the Jesuits are very 
keen to be producing men for others. I yeah. don't remember them talking about that when I was there. Okay. It wasn't a thing yeah. in your time as such, is it? <laughs> no, no, it was, it was, that wasn't been spoken about. Mm. That must have come later. But but look, at the, they, they managed to do it all the same, even though they weren't talking about it. They're very good teachers. Um, I remember them all. But I suppose Father John Luby, I particularly remember because uh, he was our English teacher for the leaving, sir. Yeah. But I wouldn't have been a, much of a reader because I was always outdoors. I was always chasing a football or something. <laughs> and I never sat still for long enough to, mm. to read a book and until until he took us over. Mm. And he really, he really pointed us in the right direction. He was a terrific uh, English teacher. Yeah, I think uh, he, he <laughs> had us read The Power and the Glory fifth year and uh, fourth year even now it's the first time we've been exposed to a book of that level it was fascinating and we had him for the evening as well and he's acting and very impressive teacher in that way yes yes and the one he had us read was uh to kill a mockingbird all right yeah yeah and you know that was yeah it made an impression on me all of it yeah. when, when when he got you to read it and then he analyzed it yeah. and went through it and all that you know it left a lasting impression so it's it certainly got me reading which i'm grateful for and did, did you know you want to go into veterinary at an early stage did you Yes, I, yes, I always intended to do veterinary. Uh, not because I didn't want to be a vet. Uh, I just wanted to, um, you know, learn what I could uh, that would stand me in good stead then when I became a trainer. So, um, yes, it was unusual. I didn't I didn't go to college to pursue a career subsequently. <laughs> subsequently, uh, it was, I, I had an ulterior motive, so I wasn't really a vet. But... Um, Yes, that's why I was doing physics and chemistry rather than history. Mm. I think things I should have been doing really. But yes, uh, Billy Campbell was uh, my physics teacher. I have fond memories of him all right. Uh, he was such a nice man, and uh, he, he, he was funny. He had a he, sorry he, during during the year towards the final term. He sort of gave us the impression that he he had an idea. Idea. He had a hunch of what might come up on the leaving cert paper, and, and he concentrated on photoelectricity and uh, you know, means of producing electricity to such an extent that you couldn't miss the tip he was giving us. We better <laughs> up on this, you know. Yeah. No, I don't know how he came up with this notion that this was coming up on the paper, but anyway, sure enough, it came up on the leaving cert, and uh, I, I flew through it and I got a, this good mark and the. In the in the leaving cert, way above my capabilities. You're not and, the first uh, person to tell a story I, like that. I think I, I I you know I think about him regularly mm. today because because of what he drummed into us that final term. I know how solar panels and windmills <laughs> generate electricity, <laughs> and, and with all talk about it I, I i gosh i think about billy campbell every day practically but uh, and i laughed he used to and i'd meet him afterwards and say, oh you were one of my best physics <laughs> students and i was damn well hopeless really yeah. but uh, i hadn't i hadn't the i hadn't the nerve to tell him that you know why i did so well was because of your you. your your uh hunch hunch i call it a hunch with inverted commas about what was coming up in the exam so I have some, I have some nice, uh, nice, nice memories uh, uh, of uh, several teachers. But um, are you competitive, John? Are you? 
Not really, no, no. Well, I'm competitive, I don't know, and I have to compete all my yeah. life. Uh, it was part of the part of the life, obviously. You know, you have to you have to try and win, and you you make your living <clears throat> by trying to win as much as you can. So it it went on for forty one years. Uh, no the license as a trainer and before that when I was assisting my father so yes yeah I suppose you have to be competitive but I never felt uh, my life was uh, competing directly with other people you know you were competing for your horses and I always got on well with my competitors and is there a secret uh, to your success do you think is it intuition with the animal or things you see that others don't I know you're a modest man but is there anything you can point to that made it easy for you to enjoy it, be successful at it? I think, I think uh, you, you know, you're successful. Any success you have is primarily down to how hard you work, I suppose. And uh, it was a combination of, of uh, maybe intuition about the art, but, you, but, you know, you get intuition about, about anything you do in our business. You get intuition about the horses by just observing them, being with them and, you know, spending time time at it and mm. watching, watching them, 24-hour observations. So you have to spend the time and that, that gives you the intuition, if you like. And then the veterinary aspect then uh, to back it up uh, was, was sort of completed the the package but um yeah it was a mixture of everything have you stood back completely now have you sorry have you stood back completely and walked away from the whole game or you still going out the yard and looking or seeing horses and saying like this or like that it's a nice way of life from that point of view and that you never really retire you can still be involved in whatever way you like and at a distance so yes i'm not not involved every day or anything like that but i yeah i've some i've some involvement uh given a bit of advice here and there so it's nice nice to get to a stage in life where you can give it give advice and never and not be responsible for implementing any of it so <laughs> that's that's also that's people nice listen game. to you obviously with your track record you you speak with some aplomb and status and achievement as well so it's not just a busman's talk to say you know well, it's uh, one advantage of getting older is uh, <laughs> that at least you've got the life's experiences to to talk about, you know, and uh, to guide you. So, um, yes, uh, that's uh, that's it's been a nice life for me, and uh, I, I I'm still I'm still people still want to talk to me. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> that's not bad. And you go back to your first memory. Then is it the avenue or the first thought, the first place you thing you saw going into Clongos that that strikes out was I know the first day you were talking about but is it visually something that always comes to mind of that first day well yes well of course it's a pretty impressive avenue isn't it, it is. uh, with the castle at the end of it and that that's yeah I mean even when I drive past these days uh, which I do sometimes and look you, you, you'd, you'd pause to look down the avenue wouldn't you yeah. and uh, uh, so it's 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 impressive maybe it was uh, a bit fearsome looking for 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 a, a 12, 13 year old yeah but um but it is certainly impressive and um yeah it was it was, it was a, a bit awesome all right but uh, uh that that would have to be my first memory and my last when i looked look back over my shoulder <laughs> out the back window of the car and looked at it disappearing it's uh, it's it's probably the message the 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 thing that sticks in your mind 
But I did have a, a second experience at Tongos when uh, our son, we just one son, and he went there in 1999 and uh, hadn't been back much uh, in the intervening period. But gosh, you could see the change straight away. You know, that the, the, it was. They could win rugby different. games then. And I said, <laughs> and that we, we weren't much good in my time. Yeah. I think in the five years I was there, we. We got to the quarterfinals once, I'm not sure, maybe twice. Mm. But that was a big thing. If we get to the quarterfinals, yeah. we were doing well. In, in 78, we won. The, I wasn't on the team, but the team won the first time in 52 years. So that was a, a landmark, yeah. unbelievable at the time. It's now been yeah. surpassed numerous times. Internationals, yeah, yeah. Lions players, things that in those days, John, as you know, were totally unimaginable. Yes, yeah, well, I mean, in our time, they used to talk about when we had won the cup the last time. Was it was nineteen twenty-seven. But nineteen twenty-seven, yeah, something like that. Twenty-seven, yeah. yeah. And I actually knew sorry, it was that, yeah, it was twenty-seven years. I think some of the time like that, yeah. But anyway, in my time, we used to say, "God, it's you know decades since we won the cup." And uh, but I, I actually knew the man, uh, Jim Egan, who was oh, right. I think the captain of the team. Yeah. He'd have, he'd have stood farm down in Limerick and he had an occasional horse horse and training with my father. And um, so I actually knew him. I, I didn't talk to him about the cup final when he won or anything, but I think he played for Ireland once yeah. afterwards. But, if, you know, he was a man in his 60s when I knew him, so mm. he was ancient, of course, yeah, as far course. as I was concerned. And that, and that was the last time. He was the last one to lift the cup in Tongos. So you can imagine uh, yeah. to, to us in the 60s, it seemed like a... Absolutely unattainable yeah. goal. So no, no. Uh, you know, I mean, now uh, you can get pizza delivered. Uh, you get home more often. You stay there. It seems on a monthly basis. I mean, we could say it's like yeah. Hotel California now, but they say it's very tough. But it doesn't. Tough doesn't come to mind now as a term. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Absolutely not. But you know, it is better. It is better now. It's it's not the survival of the fittest anymore. You know. Yeah. So there was there was good and bad in it. And of course, it was a cold place during the winter Correct. too. You know, you know, the, it hasn't spend, changed. I don't think. Yeah, we used to spend our time sitting on the radiator, <laughs> the pipes, getting chillblains. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but look at that was I think the same for everybody and everybody. For some reason, we always remember those summer days, bright and sunny. Which, when you think about it, we weren't there that often because May was a short term. We went home in September. Could be mixed, but we have these. At least I do. These idyllic summer days playing soccer outside in the evenings, the light, warm T-shirts and half of it, what did it actually happen? Yeah, well, that's, 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 we, we really enjoyed the last term. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's my memory too, playing, yeah. playing in the, in the evening time, playing, playing football and, uh, and you could play a bit of everything. I mean, it was a terrific uh, setting, wasn't it? A terrific site yeah. for, for sports. What was your favourite sport, John? Sure, I suppose rugby, you know, mm. when I was in primary school, I, I, I was playing GAA, so then to go off and, and play rugby then and learn about rugby <clears throat> uh, was um, was what I enjoyed a lot. And uh, we weren't great. We got knocked out in the first round, but <laughs> in the junior and the senior, but uh, controversially, we'll, we'll always say we were unlucky. The ref, you know, the ref, ref lost us the match. Wasn't us at all that lost, yeah, but... <laughs> But um, so I enjoyed that, and uh, Father Ray Lawler in 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 final year was in charge of us, and uh, he got uh, Ollie Burke, uh, Doctor Burke, who was oh, yeah. 
junior doctor at the time. He came down to try and uh, make us a bit more professional. <laughs> but, uh, he became a good friend of mine all, yeah. all my life to this yeah. day. And uh, that was a positive thing from it. But so I used to have a bit of fun with Father Ray. We used, I used to have arguments with him, actually. <laughs> he, he used to say, I oh, know, Johnny, that's not the right attitude now. And <laughs> I, I, I had my own views on what we should be doing at times. Yeah. But uh, but he was a were very you the captain, kind, were you? No, no, I wasn't. No, uh, no, with uh, a very good captain, Liam McQuaid. He's an accountant. Oh, yeah. And I interviewed his brother Ned, yeah. He's been on, yeah, yeah. J.K. and Liam, remember, remember the names, yeah. So uh, Liam was captain, he was very good. But uh didn't stop me from arguing with Father <laughs> Ray, of course. <laughs> but but, um, but then when our son, I always remember, he was such a nice man, he was a kind man, really. Was, yeah. uh, and uh, when I, we went back with our son in 1999 and walked up the, what used to be the higher line stairs in my time yeah. up to the 1932 building. And there he was at the top of the stairs, Father Ray, and he was the third line spiritual father uh-huh. at that stage. Mm. And he knew my wife's uh, Christian name. Uh, of course, he remembered me and uh, uh, he knew all the parents, the the mothers and the fathers' yeah. Christian names. <clears throat> he had them all memorized, and there he was. And he was sort of, uh, you know, he was spiritual father was the title, but he was, you know, he was just there to look after them and care for them, play cards, play cards with them, and <laughs> make them feel comfortable. But it was a totally different reception. You knew from the, you know, from the the, the time you set foot in the place. It was a different, a different place, regime, yeah. and a different regime completely, you know. So, uh, but still, it still, I'm sure for kids today, it's still hard to settle in too. Yeah, it is. I don't think that's changed. I meet no. parents now, and they say the same thing. But Christmas is a threshold. When you get through Christmas, you're kind of not laughing, but you've passed the cross the rule yes. kind of in many ways. And if you hang on, it only gets better. Yes, it does. It gets steadily better. There's no doubt about that, you know. And your son follow you in the same activity or not? Not, no, not really. He has a big interest in it, all right. But no, not as a, not as a, a career. It's not, not something, not something. Um, you'd be pushing anybody into really. My parents would have been disappointed, I'd say, if I didn't embark on that career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I wouldn't have the same view at all. Uh, it's. You know, it's not easy, not easy in any line of business, but it's not easy to, uh, you know, to stick at it when times aren't going well and horses aren't winning races. It's, you know, it can be tough, but everybody has a bad spell and everybody has good spells, but it's uh, it's not for everybody. And uh, uh, no, it's my, 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 my son had other ideas, <laughs> other ideas. He was more like sensitive. we all do. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I was asked to ask you a piece of music that uh, brings you back to your time there, those rebellious 1968 years, what would that piece of music be in your head? Uh, sure, sure. Look at uh, I think the first year I was in Clongos was when the Beatles came on the scene. Uh, so, you know, their music was a bit of a constant through our our time in school. It was always this, uh, when Top of the Pops came on the scene um i think it used to start at 7 30 and mm. that was when when of course our evening meal started yeah. after study yeah. at that time but on whatever night it was wednesday night or whatever there'd be a big rush out of the ref <laughs> to, go to see 
Top of the what they could uh, let what was left of Top of the Pops, yeah. but the ref cleared quickly that that <laughs> night. And uh, the, the thing, I, funny thing, I always remember is, of course, it was the time of you know the Beatles and Rolling Stones and mm. all the other sort of imitators. And then one night, I remember this young fella called Tom Jones <laughs> came came running onto the stage, and he was singing. Uh, his first hit, which was uh, It's Not Unusual. Unusual. And everybody burst out laughing. They thought this was the most hilarious sight they'd ever seen. And they they thought he was some sort of joker. (laughs) I I often think of that. They burst out laughing. And so here we are now, all the others have gone, and Tom Jones is still still seen. So, but for some reason, all the guys found it really funny that I always remember everybody burst out laughing. They thought he was some sort of clown, you know. Yeah. But uh, he was no clown, as it yeah. turned out. Yeah, hilarious. This is the things you remember and think back. Yeah. What did we know yeah. and what we didn't know and who would have thought, as they say. And yes. if I asked you to summarise then in a phrase, a word, a thought, that time in Clongos, what would that be, John? I'd say it was a bit of a time of change. I mean, it was tough, but but not over tough. I think there were, I think the powers that be, I don't know, now you were there 10 years after me, so yeah. I'm not sure how much it had changed. But I had a feeling that it was a time of change. Of course, they had built the 1966 building yeah. when I was there. So f- suddenly the food improved when the new Improved the small eye. Let's, let's be clear, a small eye. Let's not get carried away with the improvements, John. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, but um, <clears throat> I just thought there was a bit of change. You know, the students, I'd say some of the years around us were a bit more rebellious yeah. and, uh, than maybe we, we were. But there was a little bit of a change, I thought, in, in the approach. And uh, I think the old regime, the past, was definitely, I think, changing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I probably stuck for a word, uh, really, uh, to describe everything. Mm-hmm. But um, but I just think the atmosphere was changing uh, by the time we were we were finishing up. Yeah. Ironically, it probably was when we joined in 72, 73. But Michael Shield came back when we were towards the end and he brought back a lot of things he would have known in the school from your time, his time. And he brought them back and you see them now more and more, you know, more disciplined than it was. Because we got the beginning of those trendy 70s, you know, when students wore long hair and thought they ruined the world, you know what I mean? So some of it's mm. come back, some of the good things, maybe some of the less good things. But it's a, mm. it's, you have to say it's a less rigorous regime, as I would call mine, maybe yours. But we think everything's soft now anyway, so they probably discount <laughs> our theories. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I I didn't meet Father Sheila until more recent years, of course. And uh, yes, he he was, he's still a great man. Uh, He never seems to change. But um, but I just thought, yes, uh, long hair in our time was um, was still a bit of an issue. There were were some incidents about uh, long hair not being tolerated in our time. Yeah. Yeah, we did have one unfortunate incident already at the end where, you know, somebody was, uh, somebody uh, refused to get their hair cut and they were, they were, he was expelled. Wow. Uh, or at least, or at least, I don't know, I think, I think his parents might have got 
got it fed up with it and took him away Man. near the near the end. But it was, you know, that was there was still a little bit of anxiety about long hair. Yeah, but four years the, later they, they had got over that because everybody in fifth and sixth year did it. So it was very hard to expel everybody, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole school yeah. was wearing long hair, so it's a, it's a hard yeah. job to eliminate everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so, well, that's maybe what I I, I mean. It, it, it was starting to change. They were starting mm. to sort of feel, think a bit ridiculous themselves, you know, mm. uh, to be to be clamping down on something like that, you know. It's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you for being part of Portraits of Clongos with us today. Thank you, Ross. Thank you.